On today's Locked On Texan podcast, the Friday edition, we dive into the YouTube comments. Lovey Smith made some uh, uh, <laughs> some comments in this past week that I definitely want to talk about, and we continue our free agency scouting report. But first, Cody. Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are free and available on all major podcasting platforms and thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Cody Davis, John, some sports guy, Hickman. The superstar over there. Oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> man. Hey, I was on 790 uh, AM Houston Sports Radio. So uh, if you had an opportunity to check it out, thank you. If you had not, uh, go ahead and check out the In the Trenches episode for 224-2022. And uh, just like yesterday on the radio, I want to dedicate today's podcast to Tatum Sampson, uh, my brother had his baby girl on the 22 Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> amazing, a blessing, and uh, and happy birthday to my nephew, Adam Geary Jr. So today's episode, of course, we're diving into the YouTube comments, and then we'll hear from uh, Lovey Smith had a, some comments on the Rich Eisen show that I think are very important for the future. But, Cody, before we dive into all of that, this week for the Texans, kind of a slow week. However, we've been able to pull some important things out. We've been able to pull out the endorsement for Davis Mills. We've been able to pull out uh, the conversation around the free agency and who they should bring back, uh, excuse me, back, which we will continue that conversation up until the free agency starts. And there are a lot of free agents that I think the Houston Texans should look at bringing in, and that will be a conversation we'll start next week. And, of course, the draft. So, pretty busy week for us here on the Locked On Texas. But let's dive into the YouTube comments. Sarah McCoy, who, by the way, shout out to Sarah McCoy. Uh, she's always, always in those YouTube comments. And I definitely got to show her some love because uh, she mentioned that the Texans will rank 32nd in rushing and 32nd overall offensive yards. That tells me the offensive line should be the top priority, Cody. Oh, God. For the Texans <laughs> going into the draft. She continued with go big or go home. Evan Neal, baby. Cody, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, that that's good and all, but once again, how can we actually judge judge the Texans' rush, rushing attack when you did not have no type of talent back there to begin with? John, I truly do believe it doesn't matter what Nick Casario did to this offensive line. He could have had a, a, a five pro bowlers across the whole entire offensive line. And let's say all five of those pro bowlers, their number one priority, their top attribute, would have been in run blocking and we still would not have seen that much of a difference in this rushing attack once again for majority of the season all the way up until what week what was that 14 or 15 when they beat the los angeles chargers and rest burkhead had a buck 49 in the victory mark ingram 
a guy who only played what five to six games was the leading rushing rusher for the Houston Texans entering week 15. David Johnson, a guy who nine times out of 10 has been a Texans primary running back. He started majority of the games this past year. He ended the season with 239 rushing yards. At some point, John, we got to take our focus off the off the offensive line and take a look at the lack of talent that was in the backfield. Now, if we had better running backs and we were still ranked towards the bottom of the rushing attack, then maybe I could be on board by saying one of, if not your most important priority entering the draft is offensive line. But once again, it doesn't matter if you have an Asian Mark Ingram, a guy in Scotty Phillips you don't want to give no type of snaps to, you have the the the, the bad version of Scotty Phillips, and a David Johnson guy who shouldn't even be here, and a guy by the name of Rex Burkhead who is what? 34, 35 years old, who ended up being your most productive back of 2021. Come on now, man. Come on. You know, I like to say that Russ Burkhead rushing for 149 yards still feels like a break in the simulation of the Matrix. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see that coming. I don't think anybody else did. But Jalen Johnson, this was the episode. He commented on the episode, should the Houston Texans pursue – DN Chase Young in a trade. Dylan Johnson commented and said, honestly, trading Watson to the commanders makes sense for both teams. I would do that deal, you know, Harvey, but I doubt Watson would uh, want to go there. Honestly, in my opinion, he should be considering Philly or Washington since they are in a crappy division, which means it might be easier for him to make the playoffs. But mm-hmm. honestly, if we get Young or Allen in that deal and either of them paired with John Bernard, um, It'd be a massive upgrade for that D-line. You continue with, I'm interested in your guys' opinions on O.J. Howard. I read in the Texan Wire, and I agree that he would be a great pick for us, and he would be a nice uh, pair with Brevin Jordan. Two-part response for me here. I definitely think that wherever Deshaun Watson goes, it needs to be immediate success. You don't have to, uh, for a team that can't wait a year to see any type of playoff success or beyond, and I look at Philly and Washington, especially Philly as a team that just made the playoffs with Jalen Hurts. And so you upgraded quarterback, then I think your your whiteboard for what you envision for the upcoming season, uh, those goals expand. You know, maybe maybe an NFC championship game, maybe a Super Bowl. So I agree with that. A crappy division would definitely help out Deshaun Watson get back to some football. Now, to your OJ Howard point, I would be okay with that. However, I definitely believe Houston needs a real uh, blocking tight end. And I'm not 100% sure how much of a blocking tight end O.J. Howard is. And so, uh, but I will, I do look at O.J. Howard's time in the NFL. He knows how the NFL works. Uh, he still has some talent, still a speedy, speedier type of tight end, still has good hands. I just think his time in Tampa Bay didn't work out. So uh, he's a player where we're going to look at next week. Does O.J. Howard make sense for Houston? We can kind of go more in depth about that when we get an opportunity to do so. Yeah, and I'm actually going to save my thoughts about O.J. Howard for next week. But what I would say is he is is a lot similar to Brevin Jordan. Like, he's probably what Brevin Jordan is going to turn into, which – which proves your point, John. The Texans. Well, we, we, we want Brevin Jordan to be better than yeah. OJ Howard. 
Well, yeah, yeah, better, but I'm just talking about in terms of he's more of a tight end that is mostly known to be be helpful in the passing game. You know, when I take a look at what the Houston Texans need in the tight end position, John, I 100% agree with you. I want to see them get somebody that, that can actually kind of offset Bourbon with Jordan, and you could put him in to get that extra push in the run, so maybe that would help the run game. But, you know, I'm going to actually save all my thoughts on Howard for next week, but I'm not going to say... I, as of right now, I'm kind of conflicted. I don't know how to say whether I want him in Houston or not. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to look more into that a little bit more. M. Gentles 3, then we're going to get out of here. Three words. Off the wall. We're going to talk about Lovey Smith next on the other side of the Light on Texas podcast. That bet he don't even but know what songs on off that, the wall, huh? He probably think Human Nature that, and Billie Jean on off the wall. It's actually on three, uh, but okay, we'll see. Before we do that, football might be over. I know it sucks. We'll have a lot of Sundays without football. However, basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all of the latest odds, pl- uh, player performance totals, props, so where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends and actions Surrounding Bet Online because Bet Online is where the game starts. Levy Smith in those comments. I can't wait to talk about it. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. But uh, Levy Smith talked about Nick Casario, and I do believe that they will have a great working relationship. Mm-hmm. I believe it may be rocky for Nick Casario because he is very hands-on, and that leads me to the comment that he made about uh, will Nick Casario be in the headset this fall? Uh, Lovey Smith said that he's been a head football coach for a long period of time. He has never had a general manager involved on game day and don't plan on it. Nick's going to be available to help in any way that we think he should. Two words uh, I like to play uh, I like to you know play on actually is don't plan on it and not words but phrases statements rather uh, don't plan on it and we think he should. Uh, Cody, what are your thoughts on those? That the Houston Texans actually have a real head coach. And once again, this isn't no knock to David Cully. And, you know, I hate to do this to Cully again, but he was the Texans' last head coach. And part of the circus that went on last season was the fact that everyone knew that Nick Casario was in the headset. Now, pause before I move forward. I know there's a lot of people that hear that statement and say, well, Nick Casario was in, on, on the headset in New England and blah, 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 blah. While that is true, Nick Casario did not have no type of say-so on what Bill Belichick did for 20 years in New England. He mentioned there was times where he did chip in, but a lot of times he was just scouting, plain and simple, and he just had a headset. Here in the city of Houston, I kind of had a problem with it because so many people 
including us here at times, crucified David Cully. But I kind of felt it was unfair because a lot of the calls that we saw the Texans do, especially a lot of the dumb, the dumb coaching decisions mid-game, we did not know if that was David Cully or Nick Osirio. And by the way, David Cully also had more people involved in his headset as well. I mean, hell, I think there was a time either Jack Easterby had to say so. You know, remember they had that picture of Jack literally just looking all in, in, in David Cully's face while Cully's trying to figure out what he was going to do. I, I forgot what game was that. But I say all that just to say, when you have an organization, this is basically just life in general. When you have an organization and so many people are trying to have their opinion or what they think is right be the end-all, be-all decision, you're going to have a lot of controversy. Your, your organization is not going to be a well, a, a well-ran organization. And we saw that in 2021. And once again, going back to the coaching search that Nick Asirio and the Texans launched after they departed from David Culley, I wanted to see Nick Casario hire a coach that he felt comfortable letting be the end-all, be-all head coach like we see the rest of the league go through. And that's part of the reason why a lot of people, including myself, really thought that Brian Flores was going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans because we know those are – Nick Casario and Flores are tight. And that's another reason why I did not – once Josh McCown here in the city of Houston, because it was going to be a repeat of David Cully. You have a general manager who is in the ear of the head coach trying to get his point across. And when you take a look at Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith has what over 20 years of coaching experience in this, in this league, no matter if it's head coach, position coach, coordinator, whatever the case might be, this is a guy that knows what he is doing. Now, granted, he has his staff to communicate with, but it should not be the general manager. If Nick is, and look, to Nick Casario's point, this is a guy who said has told us countless times, both on and off the record. He loves the game of football. He wants to be involved in every aspect, and that's okay. But at times, he needs to learn how to take a step back and let his head coach do the coaching. I think this organization can be on the right path if – there are two leaders, three leaders, in, in, including Cal McNair. But yeah, four, two, Cal used to be. But there are two <laughs> direct leaders in Lovey Smith and Nick Serio lead in their lane. And I think if the Texans get that with Lovey Smith leading coaching operations and Nick Serio leading general manager duties and scouting duties because I still want him to be a part of the scouting. Mm -hmm, most uh, definitely. Uh, and, you know, keep that part of his job. Then Houston can kind of get everything else to fall in line because if you ask yourself when was the last time everybody knew their role, did their job, and did it without trying to intertwine the two, last time that happened, we had a pretty good franchise. Now, granted, yeah, we had Hopkins. Yeah, we had Watson. Yeah, we had Watt. Yeah, we had Reader. Yeah, we had uh, 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 Fuller. Fuller. Yeah, we had Lamar. Lamar. Uh, not Lamar Miller, but uh, Carlos yeah, Hyde. Duke Johnson had well, a Miller good was season. part of that. What was that 2019 run? I think it was. Yeah, he was also eighteen. Was that, no, so eighteen. Was that was the year he he had then. Right, but the last direct time we saw this team go eleven mm -hmm. to five with 
you know, some type of direction. Everybody was at least they were doing their job. And if it was getting to a point where everybody was crossing paths, it wasn't a 100 percent over because that following year, well, Bill O'Brien was everything. We saw how that ended. And then last year, we saw Nick Serio with the headset and coaching and him helping out on game day and maybe having more say-so than the general manager. Sure. So hearing these comments from Lovey Smith, it does give off to me that my lane is my lane. This is why they brought me in, and they're going to trust me to do my lane. We'll work together in between, but his lane is his lane, and I'm going to trust him to do what he needs to do to make this franchise uh, more competitive. Free agents, drafting, contracts, which the Houston Texans have been, you know, a, a victim of with bad contracts. So we're going to trust that he can get that done with his team. We're going to stay away from each other on certain aspects, come together when we need to, and then let's really start kind of leading by example, by doing our job. Because if you got the two guys that are preaching that, but they're not doing that, then I think it's, it's going to set a bad precedent for the rest of what's going to come. So I like those comments, and I'm just hoping that for Nick Serio that that will be the case because he's so used to doing game day things, right? And I think when you do that for a whole 17-game season, you kind of get that power and you want to continue to do it. But what's more important, putting the fans back in the stands and winning games or wanting to take all the credit? And as we've seen with Bill O'Brien, I think wanting to take all of the credit is what leads, well, at least in Houston case, led to being uh, the downfall to the Houston Texans. Big bar for this month. They got a new flavor. Let me tell you guys something, because I know you may think we're just reading and not keeping it real. So today, we recorded this on Thursday night. Today on Thursday, right, I went to the gym, worked out. Hadn't worked out in, in about a week at the gym. Did a couple of home workouts, but nothing is like those gym workouts. And I'm gonna tell you, it kicked my ass, Cody. You know, I was in there breathing hard. <laughs> but guess what I had on me to refuel me? Didn't add too much to my stomach to help me get back to where I needed to be to hold me over throughout the day. I had a billboard on me. Keep that thing on me, actually. And I'm gonna tell you guys something. And it has been a struggle trying to eat right. I've had some good days. I've had some bad days. But thanks to Bill Barr, it has become a whole lot easier for me. And it's not really a resolution. I'm working day to day to make Bill Barr a part of my daily lifestyle. Go to Bill.com. Check out the amazing offers and how great these Bill Bars are. Uh, you can look at the macros chart. You'll be blown away by the high protein, the low calorie, the high fiber, and the low carbs. Because most of the Bill Bar contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's not the best part. Like this month alone, they got white chocolate cookies and cream. They have these amazing different flavors that you have an opportunity to choose from. All right? So go to Bill.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker 
bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like us, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And before we close out with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to continue our Texans free agency profile. On Monday, we got the series kicked off with Tyrod Taylor. Tuesday, we talked about why Davis Johnson should not come back. Wednesday, we talked about the possibility of we would be okay if Danny Amendola will come back to the Houston Texans sign, let's say a one-year deal, but you cannot let him be your third best receiver. And on yesterday, we talked about why Chris Conley should not come back. Today, John, we got to talk about your favorite position, offensive line, and the guy that's up next, Justin Britt, a guy who held down the center position for the Houston Texans for a majority of the season. Unfortunately, I believe he missed somewhere in the ballpark of four to five games this year due to a knee injury. But that knee injury was kind of the beneficiary off of the knee, the ACL tear that took place during the 2019 season, had him out throughout the entire 2020 season. And of course, it was his first time playing playing football in nearly two years and of course this was his first time playing football outside of seattle john when i take a look at justin Britt, i'm gonna be real with you we talk a lot about the offensive line especially the lack of production in the run game and justin Britt, if you want the offensive line to improve and get better in their run blocking justin Britt, you got to sign him to a one or two two-year contract I'm pretty sure they can get him back on the team-friendly deal. And I say that because according to Pro Football Focus, he ended the season with the highest run-blocking grade at 70.5. And, you know, I, I think Justin Britt did a decent job last year, especially considering that the offensive line had a lot of changes throughout the season, especially after um, Laramie Tunsil went down. But that is the guy that actually gave the Texans some some stability at his position. I'd be okay with Justin Britt coming back. I think that uh, when you look at what Justin Britt was able to do, I think there were times where he had good moments. And then, of course, there were bad times, bad moments. And I, and I look at his health, I point directly to that. And I'm wondering how long can this guy – you know, kind of hold up in the NFL. So if you bring him back for Houston, you know, center isn't a big position that people will normally, you know, scout for uh, throughout the draft. So I think there's some room where you can kind of maybe grab a center late in the draft and he can sit behind Justin Britt. Uh, That'd I like, be good. Yeah, I like Tyler Linderbaum, uh, but he'll be going way before the, the, the later rounds of the draft. So – I, I like what Britt can do for Houston. Uh, when you look at trying to reshape something, you're still going to have to have somebody in the position to start. And I think this is where Houston should really say, well, we got Britt. We'll be able to maybe put better around him, and let's see how he can it'll play out for him moving forward. Uh, there are a lot of centers in this free agency uh, outside of Britt uh, for, Houston that can, can, for Houston to consider. I just will look at maybe those guard positions are a little bit more important to reshape and revamp compared to the center position. So if they're able to kind of get Britt back on a team-friendly, and I mean a team-friendly hmm. deal, which I I, I I suspect that they will be able to, I'd be okay with bringing Britt back for uh, one more year. And I also want to mention, you know, 
off field. This is a guy, Britt, he was one of the main leaders in that locker room last season. And I think it's important that the Texans do keep some of their leaders around. That's another reason why we actually want to see the Texans re-sign Danny Amendola to another contract. Because at the end of the day, this is still a young team that is still in the early stages of a rebuild. And you talk about changing the culture. You're talking about um, helping younger guys. Like, whatever, whenever they draft an offensive lineman, you know if you are able to pair that young draftee with a guy in Justin Britt who has had, what, a pretty solid career, um, you know, all the way up until, of course, he tore his ACL during the 2019 season. But a guy that is well-respected around the league, a guy comes into work, do what he has to do, he give it his all on the field. And, John, I do want to mention those bad moments that you did um, just finished talking about in terms of, you know, Brits up and down season. A lot of those bad moments took place either the week before the Texans placed him on um, IR for a couple of games, or you could uh, you could attribute it, those bad moments to just rust because a lot of, uh, I think he had like a handful of bad um, moments that took place once he returned. But in between, you know, going on IR and coming back from IR, Justin Britt was pretty solid for the Houston Texans this past season. Absolutely. And, you know, before we get out of here, I do want to say that we have to attribute no consistency around him to mm-hmm. why there may have been moments where he, he struggled because, you know, I had a guy next to me uh, one week. He's, he's not with me no more, and this guy isn't, you know, not filling the shoes or doing as much as what the player next to me did. So, yeah, Brett would be a good player to bring back realistically and, you know, again, team-friendly deal. He's a guy that has some type of relationship with some of the guys on the coaching staff, you know, Danny, Danny Berry, Pep Hamilton, his new OC. And, uh, you know, we talked about this throughout the week, contingency plans. Make sure that there is a contingency plan for Justin Britt just in case he does get hurt, just in case it's just not working out and his age shows and he's not able to hold up. Hmm. I'm John Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. You guys are commenting on YouTube. Go ahead and follow us as well on Twitter. Chop it up with me on Twitter. We can talk sports. We can talk music. We can talk movies. We can talk whatever. Just follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Y'all got to stop disrespecting Davis Mills, man. I'm, I'm getting tired of it. Let that man go out there and showcase what he can do. Get behind that man because Deshaun is, isn't coming back through that door. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Not through the Texas doors. Peace. <laughs>